Corey. Uh-oh. Look what I've got in front of me. That is a... Go ahead. What I've got, I've got to give it to your mama. What I've got, I've got to give it to your papa. What I've got, I've got to give it to your daughter. Then you do a little dance, then you do a little water. What i got to got to get I it, th- put it in ya. The tempo what on I got that to, last. I know, I'm trying. I'm trying. I can't read music. <laughs> I can only barely read English. Oh, my God. I mean, it's a tiny little print here. Realize I don't want to be a myself. Confident the slide you'll be the... Young blood is the loving up the riser. Can anybody <laughs> confirm that these are the? I don't words? even think those are the right lyrics. I, come look at them. What no, I, I understand that that's what's on the page, but <laughs> I mean the the print is very. What small. am I reading? It's if it's you a, it's a it it's a Red Hot Chili Peppers songbook. It's it's got the music for, um, Chili Pepper songs. And oh, you the better lyrics believe it does. And along with Oof. the music, um, and Rachel. I mean, handing this to Rachel, I think, is akin to handing uh, North Korea refined plutonium. Like, nothing good was going to well, come of this. Well, the thing I love about this is of all books with lyric, all with all sheet music that you could possibly put out there in the world, I mean, Funky Monks, like, like of all of the ones you could acquire, this has got to be one of the craziest, right? Lyrically? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that whole record is It's insane. nuts. It is nuts. I was always, and this is going to come as a surprise to nobody, far more familiar with the Weird Al parody, which is about the Flintstones. Yeah. And I think the chorus, of course, is yabba dabba yabba dabba dabba do now. <laughs> oh, I'm just looking at, oh, this is just crazy. I'm looking at the... At, Suck my kiss, of course. You know, it's the next one that would come up here. Of course. Someone full of fun. I mean, I don't. <laughs> what, do I, what am I supposed to do with this? Put it Does down. it have all the bad language in Put it? Put it down. No, it looks like there, there's very few words. Monkey monks. Huh. Anyway. Yeah, they probably took the, uh, yeah, the swears think, out for the kids. But it does have to. the parental advisory uh, yeah, warning it does. on the front. Yeah, it does. So we're, I'm trying to find the F word in here, and I can't. Anyway, oh, you know. Adi- oh, additional lyrics. Uh-oh. Let's see. I'm just going to read this like poetry. Are you yes, ready? Yes, please. Never met an animal that I didn't like. You can come to me. I won't bite. Don't you know dog is man's best friend? There is some love that you can't fight. Naked in the rain with black tattoos, running through the woods, laughing at the blues. Listen to the talking heart in my chest. Okay. With this gift, good Lord, I am blessed. There's a lump and it's in my throat. I'm in love with the wilderness. Naked in the river, skinny dipping my way, and the waterfall, I just want to play. Wow. Gorgeous. Yeah. Gorgeous. Anyway. What's up, Ding Dong? <laughs> it's the Side Talks Podcast. I was waiting for it. I was waiting for it. Um, I'll just be over here. You go ahead. I'll be over here with this book. We ostensibly are a podcast about cinema. Sometimes we are a podcast about red hot chili peppers lyrics. My name is Corey Kraft. I am a programmer with uh, the Sidewalk Film Festival and the Sidewalk Cinema. And I am across the table from... Anthony Kiedis. Uh-huh, of course. Yes, God. I am. Poet that, poet that I am. Um, yeah, and we, we, you know, we have a podcast about all the music I've made in my lifetime, all the beautiful music I've made in my lifetime. Is it a hot take that I don't really like the Chili Peppers that much? 
Brad, I'm letting you weigh in on that. Is it a hot take that you don't? Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, I mean, for me, like John Frusciante, like I, I was a young preteen when that record came out, and John Frusciante is like still one of my favorite guitar players. Ever. Sure, like I, sure, they're of course very good at what they do. It's just not my thing. It's a no, very it. specific thing. It's a very specific audience. Yeah, I'm not part of it. I mean, I like a couple of their songs, I guess, well enough, but I'm never like, fuck, I'm gonna put on some RHCP, y'all. The thought, yeah, well, I don't either, but yeah. The thought of listening to this entire album, it I it just like I had just a, a physical reaction to that thought. Do you know what I mean? And it wasn't pleasant. It was like Ugh. anyway. Uh well you'll have to do that and get back to us and describe the sensation. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. <laughs> oh, I bet you know, there's a song in here for the Dalai Lama. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Uh, we're, we're, this is move, a longer intro than move, usual because the, the fight is going to be underwhelming, let's, folks. We're just going to set it let's up Let's move now. forward. Let's move forward. Get ready for a five-minute fight. Five-minute round one fight. fight. It's a five. Nope. Three-minute fight. Three-minute fight. We're shortening it because we both admit that we don't have a whole lot of gas in the tank for this one. Not this one. And I'm taking the negative side I'm just happy about that. So I'm going to go ahead and say it. We are fighting about the magical movie, the wonderful movie that's going to come your way in October, as it always does, uh starring some beautiful women, some very talented women. That I agree with. So far, so good. Practical magic. Uh What is your problem? What's your problem with this film, This movie's fucking nuts. Are you kidding me? It is nuts. I agree. It's nuts. It's... And and like I I have to give it some respect for being just completely batshit and being a different movie, like a different type of movie, like every other scene, like swinging wildly from like silly comedy to gloopy sentimental romantic what melodrama side are you fighting on? to You're just- like bizarre horror. And and shit like that. And like I have to give it some respect for that, but it's not good. It's it's like this shambling Frankenstein's monster of a movie that's completely just like different every couple of minutes and doesn't cohere into anything. I'll admit that like it has its charms. Like what side are you on? Sandra Bullock and Well, because I'm not overwhelmingly negative. See, this is this is what I'm talking about. And this is a greater philosophical issue that you and I need to address, which is that I'm just slightly negative. I'm on the negative side. I think this is iconic. I think this is a classic October film. We pull it out every year. Classic is a word that you could use. You know, I mean, look, it's not like in a classic in the sense of film history, right? Like, I'm not going to put this in the canon, so to speak, but I'm going to put it in the genre slash seasonal canon. I'd fire it out of a canon. Am I right, folks? Am I right, Uh, folks? I mean, what? Look, they dance around the the butcher block table. Uh-huh. They have a good old time in this film, so it's a little loosey goosey. And sure, if this was like witchy Nancy Myers, I'd be more it, it's into it. It's a little it. witchy Nancy Myers. I would be Myers-ish. more into it if it could settle on that as a consistent tone. I don't think you're right about that. Actually, mm. I don't think no, I don't think I'm it's so all over right. the map. It's I really so don't. It's got a vibe. It's got a vibe. You know. It's got a vibe. It's got I, I, a. It never settled into a vibe. It's got a pumpkin spice, hot women and witchy women, white witches hanging out in October in a big old house. What's wrong with you? I do like Diane Weist. 
I do. Everybody knows that I like Diane Weist. I have voiced that's that opinion not, on this podcast. That's not relevant. It's extremely relevant. Stalker Channing. It's, not, it's certainly not relevant to your argument right now. No, it's not. I mean, look, I, again, like I didn't like sad. hate this movie or anything. I just didn't think it was very good. And I don't know that it's especially worthy of this. It hasn't hate, received a canonization. Like you hate America. No, it's not. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Come You're anti American. I'm not coming in here trashing like a good movie. Like, oh, like what? I don't what know. Do we... Oh, so you're captivated by the like <laughs> last minute romantic subplot with fucking block of wood Aiden Quinn in this thing? Like, nobody likes I don't that hate shit. Aiden Quinn. Nobody likes that shit. I don't hate Aiden Quinn. Come you, on. Let even me people you who like this you've movie. You've defended worst love interest. You really have. You're constantly mm. talking about Tom Hanks as if it's acceptable for him oh, to be a love true. interest. that's true. Aiden Quinn and He's Tom Hanks are, asexual. as we all know, on the He's same complete, level. Tom Hanks is completely asexual. I would bet that we could rustle up some heterosexual women who might disagree. Uh, go find them. I dare you. Podcast at sidewalkfest.com. Email us if you are a heterosexual woman with a thing for Thomas Hanks. Somebody bring me one heterosexual woman right now and and tell me whether it's it's Aiden Gwen or it's uh, freaking Tom Hanks. My point here, though, ultimately, is that nobody can speak for that particular demographic currently on this podcast. I said go find one. So we would have to go find one. So you making making a blanket (laughs) statement. I demand a straight woman. Yeah, I'm just pounding on the table. Bring me a straight woman um no uh shit i lost my train of thought no you making that blanket statement that tom hanks is sexless, in the sexless that's coming from what what perspective is that coming from let's be frank what is your i think pers- i missed it how did we get from practical magic to tom hanks being asexual i'm not even sure to okay. be honest <laughs> just making sure it didn't miss it listen let's all look fine let's all do a poll you know we if are- you have to sleep with aiden quinn or Tom Hanks, if you have to, who are you sleeping with? Hundred like percent. I mean, like for today the story, today, Tom right Hanks. now, present. I gotta look up some pictures real quick. <laughs> Do a damn image search. Aiden Quinn, hands down, hands well, down. Well, well, well. Um, uh, I mean, it does sound like Corey just cannot stand this movie. He just hates it. Um, yeah, that's what it sounds like. He's, yeah. he's are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I mean, neither is oh, the answer. Tom but Hanks is so like so modern day Tom not? Hanks, or um, yeah. Well, we can do uh, any no, time. No, any, Tom Hanks you know says Colonel Tom era. Parker and Elvis. I stand I right, by folks? this any era. Am I right, folks? Tom Hanks is Colonel Tom Parker. Sex oh yeah, symbol. sexy, sexy, Woo. sexy, hot, fine, hot. Okay, all right. Well, Sam has some bullshit to say. So go ahead, Sam. <laughs> nobody's answering my question. Magic just, just um, nobody's answering my question. Just for the record. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to say it's, I mean, yeah, it's nuts. It has cool vibes. It's weird. And it's a good movie. Um, this hurts me to say, but Corey loses just a thousand points for that canon comment. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, Rachel wins by like a five million magical landslide because she loves America. And That's hashtag right. Corey hates America. Have you That's actually right. seen That's this right. movie, Sam? No. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> And we were worried that this was going to be an underwhelming segment. Why won't y'all go on the record? Tom Hanks or Aiden Quinn? Y'all just don't want to have my back. You know, I guess I guess I'm going to have to. I don't think I know down. who Aiden Quinn is. You got to do that. He's, he is to borrow a turn of phrase from my distinguished co-host, a chunk of ham. He is not a chunk of ham. He's really not. I mean, he's a, if he is, he's a sexy chunk of ham. 
I think wow. he's a, he's a better choice. Better choice. Yeah, he got his neck got a little thick. <laughs> I'm not going to deny that. But it happens to all men. Every man, if you hit 60 and your neck isn't thick, it's going to happen then. Mm. It happens that on your birthday that day. I mean, as a person with a already thick <laughs> neck, I don't know if I have too much to worry about. Oh, there's thick and then there's thick. And his got <laughs> thick. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Well, I'd say this went off the rails, but we didn't Look even start on the rails. Look at these two refusing to answer. Just absolutely refusing. Because y'all know. Okay, I'll answer. I'll go Tom Hanks. You're crazy. Huh? I answered in the booth. I said Tom Hanks just for the story. <laughs> yeah, because Aiden Gwen tells nothing. Yeah, but you, no like, you go there. into a room and you're just like, guys, <laughs> I just had sex with Tom Hanks. That gets people's attention. You say, I just had sex with Aiden Gwynn. People are like, huh? Okay, what, what I'm going to tell you, that? what I'm going to say right now. Aiden I'll, Quinn I'll from give, Legends of the I'm, Fall? I'm going to okay. give you a little credit. No, I think Aiden Quinn's believable. I think everybody's like, oh, yeah, I did too. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's a believable story. And nobody's believing you slept with Tom Hanks. Because we know him and Rita are, you know. Fair enough. All right, fair enough. I mean, that's right, another whatever. fight you've just whatever. won. Yep, 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 yep. Music, music, music. That's you, right. Can Come you do on. that a little more enthusiastically, Corey? Music, music, music. I like it. So I have a question for y'all yeah. related to, you know, music yeah, and film. Of course. Favorite live performance by a band and a film. Oh, by a band well, and a film. Well, you know what? Or a singer well, or I'm, artist, whatever, I'm you know. I'm totally fucked then with my answer, but go ahead. Okay. Oh, yeah. So sorry. just to clarify. We are disqualifying like concert films from consideration. You know, I didn't think concert film. Uh-huh. I think that's a different question, right? I think that's best concert. Yeah, film. yeah, yeah. I think that's a separate question, which I, maybe we'll investigate in the future. Okay. But I think this I is think just like should. musical performance within the got context it, of it. a movie. Well, that's right? gotcha. that's what I thought of yeah. too. So, yeah. I, I I've got a couple. Uh, one that is a little more obscure than the others. Um, first, honorable mention slash special recognition to everybody who's ever performed at the Roadhouse in Twin Peaks. Um, Good call. Because those are yes. among the best sort of performances, musical performances in, in well, it's not cinema. It's television, but in anything. So it's my yes, There are some performances in Firewalk with me, though, right? Maybe just Julie Cruz. Yeah, just Julie right. Cruz. But still, let's give it to Julie Cruz a little bit. Yeah, there, absolutely. Right? Yeah, I'll, I'll um, gladly... Do sure, that because sure. that shit's amazing. Um, okay, my first pick is is a very characteristic Corey Craft choice. It comes from one of my favorite movies, uh, Jonathan Demi's Something Wild. Yeah. You got the Feelies cool. at the um, at the the high school reunion scene where uh, Jeff Daniels finally loosens up with Melanie Griffith a little bit. The Feelies are playing uh, Fame by David yep. Bowie, um, and it's a really fun sequence. They're just kind of in the background the whole time in the sequence, uh, which is great. And then uh, at the end of Something Wild, you have Sister Carol um, just performing Wild Thing uh, in front of this red wall while the credits for the movie run on uh, the right of the screen. And that's just an amazing way to end a movie. And Jonathan Demme, of course, showed uh, all kinds of skill and um taste in casting all of his movies with his favorite musicians and oddballs and, and sort of outsider artists and stuff like that. And 
it's probably the high point. I mean, David Byrne does the original music right. for, for the movie and does this, this fun original song, but he's not in it, unfortunately. Um, and then the second one is a movie I just saw yeah. pretty recently um, from 1956, a film called The Girl Can't Help It, uh, directed by Frank Tashlin. Now, uh, legend is that um, this is a movie that inspired a young uh, John Lennon to pursue his interest in music because uh, this movie, it, it, it's a silly comedy, but it's packed with classic rock and roll sequences from Little Richard um, and from a lot of other uh, famous acts and, and bands of the time. Um, so it's a really fun movie. It's Frank Tashlin was a former um, Looney Tunes animator, and he brings that same sort of anarchic comedy to the story of yeah. this movie. It stars Jane Mansfield, and Jane Mansfield was, of course, a very busty screen sex symbol. And the plot of the movie basically really is just what if a woman had giant cans? Like that's the movie. Like uh, and like that's she's the plot of everything. She's she's dressed like Jessica Rabbit the whole time, yeah. and like she's got this gangster boyfriend who's like, make my my girlfriend a, a famous singer, and the music promoter is like. Va va voom, of course. I hope we don't fall in love. And, you know, it plays out as you would think it does. But the rock and roll sequences that are interspersed throughout the film are really incredible. And it's hard to single one out. But if I have to direct you uh, to any particular one, it's the singer Abby Lincoln uh, singing a gospel song called Spread the Word. And it's a remarkable performance, but she's also wearing the famous red dress that Marilyn Monroe wore in Gentlemen Prefer Blondes. And this entire movie, by the way, is in classic, beautiful, widescreen 50s technicolor. It's, so it's a, a beautifully shot and designed movie um, and uh, full of great performances. So so check that movie out. I would it's, imagine this has to be one of John Waters' favorite films. It's got to be up on his list. I, you know, I don't know. I would think so. I would imagine so. Um, he's certainly seen it. Uh, he has to have seen it. Anyway, uh, it's on DVD now from the Criterion Collection, which is how I saw it. Cool. Um, nice. And then Something Wild is, too, coincidentally. And then Twin Peaks. Just go fucking watch Twin Peaks. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. That was going to be kind of my honorable mention, too, is all yeah. the Twin Peaks shit. But I went, I guess, a little bit different direction. And uh, I first thought of Sissy Spacek doing mm. Letter mm -hmm. Lynn. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. especially in terms of like, you know, now, not to take away from more modern, like, musician biopics or whatever. No, take away all you want. But there's a That's lot of cool. there's a lot of technology involved now. Yes. To, you know what I mean? To help that along a lot or whatever. But that was, what, 79, 80 when that movie came out? 80. Early 80s. There's yeah. no... She's singing. I mean, she's she, singing. She she's doing she, the thing. She did it. Yeah. She she figured it out kind of thing. And that's a person who wasn't like coming at it from, you know, a whole bunch of musical Of course, yeah. talent or, you know, well, I shouldn't say that's talent. That's what always but blew me away. Well, yeah. She develop has talent. I'll yeah. put it that way. You know, it, it but this modern biopic thing of these hiring these actors who just don't they lip sync throughout the entire movie. I mean, it drives me fucking crazy. I just saw this this Whitney Houston biopic that came out at the end of last year, and it's awful. 
And one of the reasons it's... I didn't I mean, even know it came like, out. Whitney Houston, I guess you can't replicate her voice. No. So, sure, it, it'd be foolish to even try on one level. But, on, you know, on the other hand, this is a different conversation. But, like, the, that movie just danced on that poor woman's grave. It just felt like one more way of exploiting yeah, her. Yeah, they joined Bobby Brown to do that. Yeah. Sad. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Um, yeah, is that... We well, yeah. have some honorable mentions, too, though, yeah? No, it was just going to be Twin okay. shit. Your well, boy Eddie in that one episode of The Return. Yeah. 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 It's great shit. Yeah, it is good shit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, hands down, it's gotta be Purple Rain. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it just prints yeah. in that. Those are just incredible performances. Mm-hmm. So I would say that's probably just sort of ob- you know, objectively the best. Um, I have some personal favorites that, you know, aren't gonna be as is obvious probably. And I would say that's like Josie Cotton and Valley girl Yeah, when they get to the prom and she's, you know, when they're up there and it's like, Johnny, are you queer? And it's just a really, I don't know. It makes the scene. And I, that's what I love about it is that incorporation of it being just so damn good and, and of the moment. And also, you know, to, to the theme of the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I love that. Um, you know, got a honorable mention gambler, uh, and crazy for you and vision quest performed by Madonna who, when that was shot, was not really known. Which oh, is wow, why yeah. she's in it, performing. That's crazy. Yeah. It's like, this is my opportunity to really you know, <laughs> jump out there and get it. <laughs> and then guess what happens in the, while they're editing this thing, right? Um, so there's that. And then, you know, obviously Rock and Roll High School at the Ramones. Mm. Yeah. You know, any performance in there is mm-hmm. going to be awesome. But then the other one that's a little bit more of a deep cut that I will point to is um, the film the film Foxes, mm-hmm. starring Jodie, Fost- Jodie Foster. Yeah. Uh, it's a sort of late seventies classic kind of of the moment piece. Um, it's really way darker than you think it's going to be, but they go to a concert and just the fact that they go to a concert and I think it's like a band called angel and they're singing, I think they're singing like 20th century foxes and Jodie Foster's dad is like a, is like a deadbeat dad who is a tour manager. So that's why he's divorced. And he's never uh. around, but he's managing this band. And so he's backstage. He's got this whole sting thing going on. Like he kind of, he vibes out a little bit, you know, and he, it's really great casting of like a, of a band manager in that era. And so she gets backstage to see her dad and it's just very, you know, I, I don't know. It's, it's a, it's a, he's, it's the only time he's in the film and it kind of contextualizes her yeah. as a, as a young woman. And that all is happening while the band's playing. So it's very much in the narrative. Um, and sort of her friends are also at the show and anyway, it's a, it's an interesting use of out. a band yeah. and, and a concert and working the concert really into the narrative. And I think that's really cool. So that's my answer. Sick. I haven't it's seen a lot of answers. Any of those movies. <laughs> None of them? Really? You've seen Purple Rain. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I've I seen mean, Purple clearly, Rain. Clearly. But, but the big, your, the big your deep cuts are indeed deep cuts. Though yeah. I'm, I'm familiar with all of those movies. Yeah. I should well, see them. And you know, the um, Crazy For You video is just pulled from Vision Quest. It's interesting. It's just the performance. Yeah. Like it's pulled from the movie, but then some, right? So, I mean, it's clearly like what some of the stuff was left on the cutting room floor, but it's just that and some scenes from the film. Hmm. Um, so you you might have actually, at least at some point in the background, seen Madonna performing that Probably. in that film. Yeah. Probably. But you're right. Nothing beats Purple Rain, man. No. I mean. Yeah, that's that's pretty indisputable. Yeah. The opening performance, I've, which I've talked about before and, and pretty recently, but that opening performance is just like, holy shit. This is, this film is a powerhouse, you know? Yeah. It's just incredible. He was the shit, man. Yeah. Such a great, it's also great 
incorporation again of the narrative. I mean, it's a film about a performer, about a musician, about the musician's band, you know, about the struggles within that. Um, and, and the sort of club, it's all, and it's all connected to Prince's life. It's all very much of his world. It was, you know, very connective. So it's really, in a lot of ways, it's like, where is the line between documentary and fiction here in a lot of ways? I mean, clear, there's some clear lines there. Don't get me wrong. Right. But the fact that, you know, he performed in, in, in a, in that, in, in a club very similar to that. And, um, had similar issues with the with his bandmates, and clearly his father was a musician, and there was some all of that is so you know biographical, so it's pretty cool. That's one of those time travel things, man. If I could go back and see Prince before he was Prince, yeah. right? At some club somewhere with like the house band or whatever he was doing at the yeah. time, yeah, that'd be incredible. Yeah. Also, a little bit of a shout out to the scene in in the bar slash club and and uncut gems with the weekend. Oh hell yeah! Because that's also a lot of fun. I think when I, I remember seeing it for the first time, and I was like, "Is that the, is that the weekend? Like, what? What are they? Re- they went there, you know? And then and then he has like lines and stuff, you know. And you're like, he's a freaking kind of character in this right. film. Uh, and I remember just thinking that that's really fun, kind of like in Hustlers when Usher enters the, yeah. the club. It was <laughs> yeah. a bit of like I feel like a handful of people just kind of got up on their feet, like what? Yeah, you know? yeah, that was a great um, moment, really good moment. Well, I guess we're wrapping this segment up. Brad, can you play us out with a little bit of? Lady Gaga and her man's no. Bradley Cooper I'm, with their Academy no. Award winning no. song Shallow no. from the 2018 film A Star this is, is Born. This is for Rachel, right? Of no. course it and is. And also, by the way, I thought of and then and then totally like totally put out of my mind the uh, immediately like how terrible it is. The um, opening of uh, A Star is Born 70s version, where it's like, watch closely now. Chris first talks that he was talking about, he's like, watch closely now. Yeah. I guess you're though. just not ready for this modern world. Uh, oh, or, no. uh, I forget the fucking lyrics. I Never mind. That, that fell on my face. What? I was about to quote the lyrics to Shallow, which I have done at karaoke a couple times, by the way. Um, and I couldn't remember them, so I can't remember that song at all. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I can't. I'm trying to think of it right now to sing it to you, Corey, because I want to sing it like with a shitty voice and like. And, a- well, I know we've gone on a little bit long, but do you, could you give us like like a verse or part of the yeah, chorus? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, just a little. Uh, I'm in the deep end. Watch as I fall. And shit, no, I don't know the lyrics. If Sam's uh, still here, he's definitely he's definitely leaving. The ground. <laughs> He's in there miming. Sam is in there miming. <laughs> he's, he's miming the lyrics. No, uh, he's doing the thing at Evening the Apollo oh. where he's telling you to get off the stage. <laughs> oh, okay. He's doing sorry, the, like, rah, rah, I'm rah, sorry. Rah, the clown stick. I, I was the coerced into doing this. I think we all remember that. And, I'm um, on the deep I, end. Well, no, it's, it's not, you can't be all on the deep end. What, do you, what, do you, what is that word? <laughs> I'm I, in I, the deep end? I, I, well, maybe. Uh, fuck. I, I Listen, have a cell phone right in front of me. I'm I immediately to... regret asking you to guess a little I, bit. I, of this. I regret, regret it too, when you're because it now it's now it's a thing. Here, now I've made it a thing. Here's the other thing about that. That uh-huh. and I've said it before, and I can't. I've got to say. I just have to acknowledge it now. That little nasty little performance that they did at the Oscars oh, it was great. Was it was great. It was make, great. Ugh, they it shoved that turning. camera right. And he snatches in that microphone up. Faces. You know what I'm talking about? Like, walks no, around. I didn't. I didn't see uh, it. No. If you want to, if you ever need to induce vomiting. Just the pull way that go. up on YouTube. It is. It's terrible. It's great. <laughs> you know, he's just saying this that. This is a five segment. Just, <laughs> just about this song. Watch closely now. 
Side Talks podcast, where your own personal cinematic sparkling volcano and tribal cheesecake. Oh my God. I told you I wasn't done. We're definitely and far from let me the shallow this. now. Am I right, folks? I'm going to say it. Am I right, folks? We're not only am I not done in this episode, y'all got so much more Rainforest Cafe coming up in your face. Great. Fantastic. <laughs> let me tell you something. My favorite part about the food at the Rainforest Cafe that I haven't had <laughs> is, or at least I can't remember having, um, is that like the sparkling volcano, I think I'm going to get something, right? I think like that's got to be special. It's got to erupt or something. Something's got to happen. But no, I'm going to describe it to you. It's a giant rich chocolate brownie cake stacked up high, served warm with vanilla ice cream. Creamy whipped topping, caramel and chocolate sauce. Yeah, okay. That's not anything. That's it not, just sounds like no a dessert. Do you want to guess the price point on this little bitch? Nineteen dollars. Oh my gosh, eighteen ninety nine, Corey. Eighteen ninety nine. Wow. That thing better sparkle. Wow. That better sparkle. Remember the five dollar milkshake comment in Pulp Fiction? <laughs> yeah, for real. I mean, this is serious though. Eighteen ninety nine, sparkling book, and of course, guess what the tribal cheesecake is. Well, I imagine Shocker. it's a slice of cheesecake. It's a New York style cheesecake because aren't they all? Sure. With again, you got that creamy what talking topping coming out, raspberry and chocolate sauces. But here's the thing: uh-huh. you're going to save eight bucks on that because it's only ten ninety nine. Now I wonder what the price cut is. I guess the ice cream, the whipped cream, it's it doesn't got a sparkle. Lot of components. It's tribal. It doesn't yeah. sparkle. What's what your- makes that cheesecake tribal? That's Actually, what I would I love to know. That's what I would love to know. I'm not sure I want to know the rationale behind that. My question is, did the chef, and I'll use that word lightly, did the chef and the marketing director who named these things, did they exchange notes at all? What else does a, <laughs> uh, what else does a fucking rainforest have? Uh, tri- tribe guys. Guys tribe. who are in tribes. Sparkling volcanoes. Yeah, and the volcanoes. Which are you going to be? I'm going to be the, the cheesecake because that That's sounds fine. less stressful i like it i sparkling volcanoes sound so much cooler sure and also i'm more valuable so i appreciate okay. i appreciate that you know That's what I, I i'm to just be. gonna be at my humble 11 dollar <laughs> price point here you know with tax i'm um, not putting on any airs not pretending to be anything i'm not just a humble slice of 11 dollar cheesecake well you you do the cheesecake thing <laughs> i'm allergic to both of these uh, desserts are you yeah you, wait uh, cheesecake has egg in it yup I had no idea. Especially would, tribal cheesecake. I would imagine. I would imagine. Yeah. Oh, thank you to Batwell Studios. Thanks, I, Brad. I love that this segment has turned into like the the part of the show where we just like tut tut at a restaurant menu. Like we're eighty five years old, just like in a restaurant. Like, can you? Okay, I would pay nineteen dollars for this. I mean, can you believe this is nineteen dollars? Well, that's the question. Would you pay eight? Would you pay eighteen ninety nine for the sparkling volcano? Fuck no. Fuck no. <laughs> you know, I, I won't tut tut either. I'm gonna whatever I'm, that means. I'm gonna lean away from that a little bit and say this: if I'm splitting it with four people, okay, maybe that's a nice yeah, if it's thing a, to pr- you know if it's a big enough it's, if it's truly a volcanic. A brownie. mountainous brownie, yes. Yeah, then I maybe I would. Maybe that, I that would. makes sense. It's I a need, splittable dessert. I need to see a picture, and I do feel like there's probably a picture on the menu. So if it's if it's mammoth, then I might, I might. But I would, I really want more from it. I will say that yeah. it needs a sparkler in it. Maybe it does. Mm, maybe, you would think they would describe one. that on the yeah. menu, but they don't. With a with a sparkling anyway. surprise. Anyway, it's the firework. Um, I'm very happy to embrace and take the sparkling volcano. Thanks to you for listening, by the way. And if you've listened this far, my goodness, you're probably on your way to the Rainforest Cafe. You'll always see fireworks at the Sidewalk Cinema. Visit us online at sidewalkfest.com. 
facebook.com or at sidewalk film on social media. <laughs> We're going to hang it up now. Bye. Batwell Studios Podcast Division. Your words, our expertise.